The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Over the past 18 years. Introducing 880 KRVN on 98.5 FM in the Grand Island and Aurora area. The latest ag media research proves that more producers in 105 counties of Nebraska and Kansas are getting their ag information from 880-KRVN and the Rural Radio Network than from all other stations combined. Thank you for keeping us number one. 880-KRVN. Hey, listen up, rodeo fans across the territory. Turn up 880 Friday evening between 5 and 6 bells for KRVN this evening for the TRU Top 5 Countdown. Monty James here with weekly rodeo news, standings, and shenanigans presented by V-Bar Trailer Sales, Broken Bow, Nebraska. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Troy Nelson is joining us today with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. And we look at the markets. We went from nice green on the screen earlier in the week to, to see the towards the end of the week some darkness moving in, some red on the screen. And Troy, really across the board and soybeans kind of taking a, a big hit in the trade. Yeah, yeah, we did. For the week, um, it looks a little bit ugly. It's an ugly way to end the week with 12 lower um, soybeans seven six seven lower on Kansas City wheat, and of course six cents lower on corn. Um, it was an ugly way to start the week, but um, at the same time, keeping it in perspective, earlier in the week we did, um, and I'm just talking November beans. We got to nine forty eight. Uh, yesterday we were as low as nine twenty two. And we ended up today at 9.32 and three quarters. So, you know, um, we didn't put in new lows today for the week. Um, we we kind of traded in our range and we're chopping sideways. The same thing on, on uh, the Kansas City, and I'm looking at the July wheat on Kansas City. And keep in mind, they're starting harvest in the southern part of Kansas right now. So you're going to see some harvest pressure come in. Yields um, reports are coming right off the combines now. It's not estimates. It's right off the combines, and and um, we backed off pretty good. We were at we were at four eighty seven earlier in the week, and we ended up at you know four fifty two. So that's a pretty good hit there on that wheat. I believe there's a little bit of residual effects from that wheat into our corn market typically. Um, and then talking about corn, looking at the December contract, of course we put in a new contract high at four seventy three. From that, we backed off and did about a 50% retracement, almost spot on, down to 449. Um, that was just as of yesterday. Actually, it happened on the overnight trade, uh, night before last, and ended up at 455 today. We we're down six, but we're still six cents off that low from yesterday. So um, I don't think we've turned this thing into a downtrend on any of those commodities. Uh, the weakest might actually be the wheat. In my opinion, when I look at the chart, partially because they're coming into harvest, they're going to have harvest pressure. Um, but really what we also we've really done on the corn and soybeans, in my opinion, this week is put in corrective action in um, current uptrends. So we haven't broke the uptrends, um, but we have corrected pretty deep and got into the 50% retracement ranges. Well, you talk about the, let's talk about the wheat for a second here, because 
the harvest, like you said, is just getting underway. We know there's been a lot of rain moving through. So obviously the heavy rains has maybe slowed down a little bit. But what are you hearing or about the quality of this wheat coming off the combine? Yeah, I think that's a big question. What's in question is the quality and, of course, your yields. And, and, and they've had struggles. I mean, it's a tough year um, on the wheat in different regions. And so I, I think the quality isn't maybe what it typically is. Um, and so we haven't sold off on that wheat real heavy. Um, it's been a light sell-off is what I would consider it for early harvest activity. Um, but yet, I, I think there's some question marks there with that wheat crop also. And so we might not see that uh, turn into as large of a downtrend as you typically would. Obviously, demand kicks into that, too, and, and export capabilities. So, um, you know, I think that wheat market, um, even though we're in a little, have, have some quality issues and, and yield issues, um, some of our demand issues are on the table as well. And there's a lot of negotiations going on. Uh, we're trying to negotiate with several different countries at this time with trade agreements. So um, you have to balance that side with it as well. And at the same, at the same time, you do get harvest pressure. Well, you talk about doing that balancing act. And, and the top countries that we're negotiating with have been in the past some very vital lifelines for the ag industry. Yeah, you're exactly right. We're um, we're we're continuing to you know see uh, the focus on the, on the trade agreements and the and negotiations and, and and keep in mind. Um, I think it's almost unprecedented what we're seeing right now. What we're, and what we're talking about is the is the potential trade agreement with China that's been on the table for months. But we're we're negotiating with China, Japan, Canada. Mexico and part of the Europe, European Union. So there is a lot of trade negotiations going on. And so even though we're focusing on production, which, which we should do because we're right here in the middle of the growing season on these commodities, we also have to look at the demand side. And, and some of that's in question. Um, we did not have a great export report this week. Um, some of it was in, in the range that was anticipated, but on the low side of the ranges. Um, but with all these trade agreements going on, um, my opinion is I think we'll see um, better trade agreements moving forward in the long term. I think it will be healthy for us. But in the short term, um, we have to um, be concerned a little bit about what that might do to our export capabilities and demand on these crops. Do you think, though, it has opened up the opportunity, Troy, to look at some other countries? I know, for example, Vietnam has been one that's continued to pop up in discussion as some new avenues to, to focus our trade efforts on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Susan. I think you, we, it's. Um, I think that's a good point that you hit on. We um, we're, we're seeking other avenues, maybe maybe more aggressively than we typically do. But I think that um, as a country and, and different organizations um, in agriculture, we do a really good job to promote um, our beef and 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 Nebraska beef big time is being promoted overseas. Um, and then, of course, our crops, um, I think that they're doing a fantastic job discovering new avenues. Um, and even with what we're trying to expand within ethanol for ethanol exports and ethanol usage domestically here, um, it, you know, is, is be, you know, I think going to be expanded here in the next few years as well. So we're trying to find new avenues. We're trying to find new export avenues as well. 
And so they're doing a fantastic job there. But we have a lot more to talk about. We'll also look at a very important USDA report and one that's coming up very quickly. Stick around. More is coming up. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney, Nebraska. Let's talk weather. You know, we saw some definite rain patterns move through Thursday. Now, they're talking possible warmer temperatures next week, but we got to get through a weekend that's talking rain as well. Yeah, you're right. And right here, we're talking, we've had rain overnight. We've had huge rains. We've had you know, two and a quarter, three and a half. I mean, right here in central Nebraska just adds to the moisture issue that we have. And then um, we have, you know, things are going to dry out here a little bit. But, then, and, but next week, we're going to, or this weekend, we're going to have some cool temps. Next week, we'll move back into some heat. But if you look at the areas that they're really having problems with getting anything planted at this point, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, um, the rains that came through here, are moving into that section of the country at this time, and they're going to be followed up with cool temperatures. So their their problems are just getting, um, are adding on to it, and they're just getting continued delays for any uh, potential planting in those areas. So that, you know, the, the weather is really uh, continuing just to throw um, problems at this at this production and actually for the um whatever what what is planted is having problems you know i don't talk to any farmers whether it's north central nebraska or south central southeast that um feels like their crops are in as good a shape as they were in the last couple years at this point so yields will probably be off a little bit um, let alone the areas that they're going to have to take preventive plant or go to soybeans. You know, one area that we don't obviously trade, but we know the prices are going to be up, and that's going to affect the livestock side, has been the alfalfa crop as well. And we know that the rains have not been beneficial to them as they have been with the other crops. Yeah, you're exactly right. And there's so there's challenges all over that we're, we're seeing, whether, like you say, it's, it's those other crops, whether it's um, preventive plants, um, and by the way, on preventive plant, just a little talk talk about that. Um, you know, every day is critical, and and I think as as the government programs have changed just a little bit and evolved here this month, we're seeing maybe an encouragement to more preventive plant, um, simply because there's about three ways that they could be paid on an acre, um, and and one of them is it's the income on the preventive plant, of course. There's the insurance indemnity check. And then the value of that silage or whatever crop they put on there um, also. And so, you know, and that and the potential payments coming from that USDA $16 billion farm aid package that they announced back in May, you know, so there's potentially three ways a guy could get paid on that. Um, and, they, and the rules have come out as far as what is expected and when they can take that crop off on that covered crop and what they can do with it, whether it's silage or whatever. So a lot going on there. And I think with the money that's um, available through that program, you'll see um, a a little bit more encouragement with preventive plant, which leads us into the report that we have a week from today, which is the planted acres intentions. And so um, that's all over the place. I mean, you know, they're, they're, the, the loss of acres they're looking at, you know, anywhere from three million to ten, and so it depends on who you talk to and what analyst. But 
Uh, either way, that's a lot of lost acres. The other side of that, of course, is yield loss. And um, from the May to the June report was the biggest drop we've ever had in history from a May to June report on yield. Went from 176 to 166. I have trouble believing right now that 166 is out there. I think we'll even reduce that yield a little bit further. But that's on the July supply and demand report. So around the 10th of July, I believe. So um, there's a lot coming out, and a lot of it is on um, how many acres have we really lost? What's this yield really looking like? And and so um, we're trying to discover more and more of that all the time. In the next few weeks, there's some big reports out. So we look at this report that comes out on the 28th. How much pressure are we going to see Monday through Thursday in these grain markets in anticipation of this report? Yeah, that's a really good comment or question. Um, how much pressure? I think I think a tremendous amount because all of a sudden you see the funds are they're still short soybeans, but they're long corn. And I haven't seen since midweek where they were at, but they were, midweek they were long about 176,000 contracts of corn, short about 46,000 contracts of soybeans. You know, so there, I think there's potential for some profit taking in there. I think that's what we saw today was simply profit taking. And so I think this next week we could see some more pressure um, with profit taking in that, in that corn market. Um, it doesn't mean that the funds don't come in just ahead or, or after that report and possibly add to long positions as well if the, if the numbers come out and beneficial enough. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Troy? Yeah, just call our office here in Kearney, um, Smart Yield at 308-234-6805. Well, thanks so much, Troy. That is a look at the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.